This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. You're listening to Valley Football First and Goal, the official podcast of the Missouri Valley Football Conference on the lineupmedia.fm network. Now, your host, Kelly Burke. Welcome to the MVFC First in Goal podcast. I'm Kelly Burke, and today's guest is the former South Dakota standout turned CFL quarterback, Chris Strebler. Valley football fans, of course, know him as the 2017 Missouri Valley Conference Offensive Player of the Year, and he was also a runner-up in the Walter Payton Award voting. Chris, how are you enjoying your off-season so far? I see some family and friends, and um, get back into America. So I've just been kind of traveling around, spent a little time in South Dakota, spent a little time in South Carolina. Um, I'm in right now where I grew up. So just kind of getting around, visiting everybody and getting to see family and friends. And that's always nice. Yeah, that's wonderful. Your first season was really a whirlwind in the Canadian Football League and with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And it really all started in training camp when the starter, Matt Nichols, went down with an injury. So all of a sudden, you become the first rookie quarterback to start a CFL game since 1994. And then your team, you end up a game short of the Grey Cup. So what were the biggest reflections from year one? Yeah, I mean, it definitely did all, all happen pretty quickly. And, you know, it was, it was kind of crazy. I mean, signing, and I signed on, and obviously there was a veteran guy that was the backup as well, and he ends up retiring, um, you know, right before camp starts. So the backup position's kind of open, and then Matt gets hurt. So then I end up starting the first game and – I guess throughout all of that, you know, um, my biggest reflection on everything would be probably just my growth because I ended up starting, you know, the first game of the season and the last game of the season. So, and, and just the, the, the difference I felt between, you know, my level, my level of comfort out there with uh, the Canadian Football League and my teammates and everything like that and defenses and our offense, um, you know, I think it was just vastly improved since the beginning of the season. And so I guess that was kind of just my biggest, my biggest takeaway was how much I was able to grow and uh, improve as a player and uh, and all that throughout the season. When you were named starter right away because of the injuries, how did you embrace just some of the expectations and pressure that come with that? I think, you know, the biggest thing for me was just ignoring all the outside noise. You know, a lot of media wants to, you know, build it up and make a story out of it and everything like that. But, you know, the biggest thing for me was kind of just keeping all feelings in-house and in the locker room and what we had with our group of guys. I mean, we had, we had a great locker room with a lot of great veteran leaders, so I kind of just relied on those guys and relied on our coaches to, you know, kind of guide me through the through the process of, of you know starting those games because I didn't necessarily know what to expect and you know um, you know my goal going out was just to put the team in the best and I could to be able to win games and just ignore all that outside noise because you know at the end of the day I'm sure a lot of teams say this but it's really about what you got going on in your locker room and we had some good stuff going on in there so they made they made that transition and that process a lot easier. How different was playing in the CFL? I think you you hear about it, but until you actually go and experience it football wise, um, you know what what were some of the football things that challenged you the most rule wise and just differences from American football? Yeah, well, I think first and foremost, like the biggest change from college to CFL is it's professional football now. So you know it's 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 a higher level play. The players are faster, bigger, all that. Um, so I think that's probably the biggest thing. But, you know, you rule-wise, you know, I mean, with, with 12 guys being on the field defensively and offensively, you know, offensive schemes and plays are a bit different. And also defensive schemes and calls are a bit different, too. So it takes a bit of time to get used to. And there's some stuff that, 
you know, I didn't necessarily see the American game that was pretty prevalent in the Canadian game. So I had to kind of adjust to that. And, you know, the other thing that I, I've talked about in some other interviews and stuff is like the two and out in the CFL is just a lot quicker than the three and out in American game because the, the play clock in the CFL is only 20 seconds. So if you have a two and out, you're on like 40 seconds. Wow. And it just feels like way quicker than the American three for some reason. Yeah. yeah, so that was kind of like a shock. Like the first game is like you don't really feel that because you're kind of just repping. But then if you get on a game and you go two and out, and like you maybe go two and out two drives in a row, you've been on the field for like a minute and twenty seconds, and like you know, uh, ten minutes in the game has gone by. So like that is kind of a big difference too. Um, so I mean, it, it is it is a different game, but it's still football, and uh, you know, the, the the basis of the game is the same. Yeah, that's crazy. Especially because I mean, yeah. I mean, when you're at South Dakota, you guys—I mean, you had a pretty high tempo offense, so you were already pretty playing at a pretty quick pace level. Um, but obviously, like you said, yeah. the the play clock is is shorter, so that's a totally different element. How did you feel like the CFL was a good fit for your style of play? I think I think it was a good fit. You know, I think my. Uh... I guess my ability to be able to to run around and do some things, obviously passing is the most important thing as a quarterback, but to be able to use my legs a little bit and make plays with those, um, I think it lends itself well to the CFL just because, you know, kind of going back to what I just said about the two and outs, like if you have a negative play on first down, you're immediately in second and extra. So you're at second and 12, you know, that's the same as a third and 12 in the American game, and those are going to be really hard to convert, so... If you're passing the ball on first down or and something's not there, I think if you can use do something with your legs to at least get a positive play, then you put yourself in a more manageable second down. Um, so I think that that's where you know, with aside from passing, you know, um, the ability to be able to run a little bit lended itself well, just to be able to get some positive yards and then put us in a position to potentially get first downs on second down and things like that. One of the one of the aspects of your game that always really impressed me when I when I saw you play in person was your speed. It was always really deceiving, um, and I think a lot of people maybe at the national level or beyond, you know, outside of Va- the Valley Football Conference, got a better glimpse of it during your pro day last year or earlier this year when you're. I mean, you're frankly your your forty time. I think it was the fastest out of any quarterback prospect. So where where mm-hmm. does where does that speed come from? <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I've always been a fast kid, I guess. Um, you know, I mean, growing up, I was always a faster kid. But, you know, leading up to that pro day, I really worked with a lot of a lot of great people that, that helped me train. Um, you know, I was doing a lot of stuff there at the University of South Dakota with Cleet. And then uh, Jevin was the strength coach. And then he left to take a different job. I also did some stuff at um, Sanford Sport, with those guys. And they worked, they worked with me quite a bit. So, you know, I think um, a lot of that stuff in the 40, in terms of a pro day and, and that type of stuff is just you know, kind of beating the test, you know, obviously getting out on the field, you're not necessarily ever running like a 40 yard dash. So, you know, a lot of that preparation for that pro day is training, obviously going into that, you have a little bit of speed to work with, but you know, you know, the hard work that those guys put in really helps it shine on a day like a pro day where you have really one chance to, to make it happen there. The other thing that always stood out to me and others is that even though you play the quarterback position, you almost sort of bring a, a linebacker mentality to it. You were you were never afraid to, to take a hit or, or deliver a hit um, if you wanted to get that extra yard. And so <laughs> yeah. you, don't, you don't often see that with quarterbacks, that kind of embracing contact mentality. So have you just, is that something you've always had? Or you know, did you play defense in high school too? Or where did that come from? Yeah, 
I think it kind of started growing up, honestly. Like, I always loved football because of the contact. Like, that that was always my favorite part of football. And, and it still, honestly, is my favorite part of football. Like, getting to hit people and getting hit, I just love it. I don't know why. I know that's not necessarily what probably anyone wants to hear their quarterback say. But it's something that I've always enjoyed about the game. And, you know, I guess, you know, another thing is just, like, I see my teammates out there laying their bodies on the line. You know, running backs running hard, receivers, every, you know, going extra yards. Linemen are getting hit every play so my thought process is like hey i could i can do that too because if they're laying their bodies on the line for me and the team i feel like i should have to do the same thing so i think that's always just kind of been my mentality is like i want to be one of the guys i want to i don't want to get any special treatment as a quarterback like obviously there are times when it's smart to get down as a quarterback and, and get out of bounds and i understand that but i also understand there's a there's a time and place where it's appropriate for for me to try to get extra yards and and do things like that so Kind of try to find that happy medium, but it's definitely something that I've always embraced the contact and, uh, and frankly, I kind of enjoy it. How much do you think your teammates, you know, the different teams that you've been on from South Dakota to even, even going back to, to high school when you're at Minnesota and then now obviously with the, the Blue Bombers, that, 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 mm-hmm. that approach and that ability to embrace the contact uh, has helped you win over the, the respect of your teammates, just being able to put your body on the line despite playing the quarterback position. Yeah, I mean, that's, a, that's an interesting point. I mean, I think, I think it kind of lends itself to leadership style. I think every player and every quarterback has a different leadership style, and I think that just kind of lends itself to mine. I, I guess I consider myself a, you know, a, a fiery and competitive player, as I'm sure a lot of people do, and I, I think that's just kind of the way I've always played the game. And I guess in terms of you know my leadership strategy or the way that I try to lead it, I just try to be myself. And and you know if that means you know running around and, and getting fired up and and trying to run guys over or whatever I got to do or stand the block completing passes like whatever I got, that's kind of my mentality. So I just try to be myself and you know. Um, and do whatever it takes for the team to be successful because at the end of the day that's that's what matters you know you want to win and that's how you play the game so that's really uh that's really always what I, what I've cared about how closely do you still follow Please. South Dakota football I follow I follow very closely I still I'm still close with a bunch of guys on the team I mean I still text back and forth with the coaches I was just actually texting with coach Slofky and coach Nielsen yesterday. So, I mean, I keep really close touch with those guys. I, you know, maybe I'll try to help out the spring ball. I helped out last spring ball while I was training for the pro day. So, um, I got a really good relationship with Austin Simmons, their quarterback and uh, all the quarterbacks there for that, for that matter. So, um, I stay, I stay really close in touch with those guys. That's awesome. What about the, what about the rest of the league? Do you still follow what the rest of the league is doing? Yeah, I do. I do just because, I feel like I spent two years studying every team's defense. So, like, sometimes I'll hit up Simmons or guys on the team and be like, hey, what are they doing defensively? Like, what are you guys thinking this week? And stuff like that. So I really try to touch with it. And uh, obviously, you know, South Dakota means a lot to me. So I try to keep up with the standings and what's going on around the league and uh, and all that stuff. It's uh, And, I mean, the Missouri Valley Conference, like, I don't know if it necessarily gets the respect it deserves, like, nationwide, but having played in it for two years, like, I can I – can, attest to, to the level of competition and uh and all the teams are, are are really good so that's something i can definitely attest to what do you make of now that you're kind of an outsider so to say looking in what north dakota state's been able to do and the run that they've been able to go on and you know here they are again three weeks out from playing in another national title game yeah i mean it's amazing it's i 
Yeah, they, they've just got a machine up there. That's that's the way I can describe it. I mean, the guys, the way that they are able to turn over players and still be productive is is outstanding. And obviously, it's I don't know if it's really ever been done at, at any level, really, like the way that they're doing it. Um, yeah, it's it, it's a, it's it's a tough team to play against. And I'll tell you what, going into that Fargo Dome is a very very tough place to play. Those fans are some of the smartest I've ever I've ever been around in terms of getting loud when necessary and getting quiet when necessary. So. Um, I mean, it's it's amazing, and you know, I guess being being having played in the Missouri Valley, I, I always uh, I always root for you know Missouri Valley teams to do well. I think it just continues to open the country's eyes to how good the conference is. You mentioned Bob Nielsen, and he picked up his 200th career win this season. And you obviously got to know him on a, a very close level, a very personal level, more so than just the, the average fan or even most of us in the media do. So what are a couple of insights that you can share about Coach Nielsen that, that make him such a good coach and leader? Yeah, yeah, I guess probably the two things would be, number one, just his consistency. Like, day in and day out, you know exactly what you're getting from Coach Nielsen. Like, he, he wears a he wears a collared shirt and a tie every single day. His personality is always consistent. Like, he never gets too up or down. And, um, like, so that – being a quarterback, like, that's that's the best thing for me is, like – because as a quarterback, you never no one ever wants you to ride the roller coaster of a game. Like, you don't want to get too high. You don't want to get down. Like, you just want to stay kind of level. And he does he does the best job of that I've ever seen. So um, it was really uh, helpful to be able to play play for a guy like that. And also just I, – I guess this is a broad answer, but the other thing is just his character. Like he's a man of such high character and, um, you know, he really cares about his players as more than just players. And um, he just does things the right way. Like it's just sometimes, you know, the college college football things can get lost in recruiting and everything like that, but he really cares about his players and he, and he builds up programs the right way. You saw him do it do it at all his other schools i mean western illinois and he's doing it in south dakota now and you know he just he just really does things the right way and that's you know i know that i'm kind of being repetitive but you know he's just he's just a really good person and and a really good coach as well sometimes he can come off like i said to people on the outside kind of stoic um and 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 as you kind of alluded to just he's very even keeled so almost kind of comes off as unemotional sometimes but in my experiences with getting to talk to him and and know him a little bit better this year he's so beloved by his players obviously and and you can attest to that but he he clearly has i don't want to say a softer side but to his players you get to see a different side of him so is there mm-hmm. is there a moment or a game or a win that you got to share with him that you got to see kind of a, a different side than everybody else gets to typically see? I mean, I don't know if there's one moment. I, I mean, I guess I remember like after we like I remember what like the press conference and like he was kind of getting emotional, like talking about how like we fought and everything like that. And I think that like that there like show just shows how much he cares about us and how much like he wants us to succeed and like obviously on a daily basis you hear it from him and he and he and he does things that you know go above and beyond what normal coaches do but he really wants you to succeed and you know he's a person that I can I can really speak for myself but and that's who only person I can speak for but like if I ever have an issue or need any help with anything I feel like I could always reach out to him and he would be there be there for me to help me out any way that he could and um, you know, it's, I don't know if there's necessarily one moment, but just like on a daily basis, you know exactly what you're getting from him and you know the person you're dealing with. Um, 
and also just about like the even keel thing like he is very even keel but he actually has like a sense of humor that's like kind of dry and like even keel that's like makes it even funnier because he's so like he's so even keel like i said all the time that when he kind of cracks a joke it's like actually hilarious because like you're not expecting it at all um so he kind of brings it to that too nice yeah, no, it was yeah. it was interesting to see, especially after he got the the 200th win this year, because you you did see a little more emotion from him. And obviously, you know, I'm I'm dealing with with coach um, more so in in halftime situations. And I mean, you know how it is. Like, no football coach mm-hmm. likes to be interviewed at halftime. They just want to coach. Right. And so um, that you know, that's mm-hmm. the majority of my experience with him is having to to do a halftime interview, but. I even find uh, when I talk to him pregame, you get to delve in a little bit more to, to who he is. So um, it's yeah. it's funny to see the different yeah. sides. My conversation with Chris Streveler continues in just a second. But if you're enjoying this edition of the MVFC First and Gold podcast, check out all the lineup media group offerings, sports and non-sports podcasts. Now back to the show. Chris, as a guy that's been through the Walter Payton Award voting, what is one thing you wish voters would better take into account? Um, the level of play in the Missouri Valley. I think it's I think it's the best conference in the FCS, and I think that that's I think it's by a large margin. And I might be biased because I played there, but like I know that if you there's no cakewalk team in the Missouri Valley. I mean, you look at the top to bottom. You got to bring you got to bring it a game every week and and the bottom keeps getting better and better like you see indiana state this year they go one and 11 or whatever they were last year and then they go ahead and win seven games this year like it just keeps getting better and better and i think that that's the one thing that i wish voters would take into account more is i mean if there's guys from the missouri valley or whatever like i know easton stick is up for it this year but like that is a very very good conference plan and the defenses are legit and um yeah i think that's probably the one thing I completely agree. One of my biggest frustrations is that the voters, they vote kind of kind of at the very beginning of the playoffs. Um, and so, yeah. you know, you're it's kind of decided like in we'll just do since you mentioned Easton, we'll do in his case this year. I mean, Easton is so deserving of being the Walter Payton Award winner, but because he doesn't throw the ball a ton, um, his stats compared mm-hmm. to two of the, the other two guys aren't going to be as impressive. But then you look at the run that the Bison have gone on. You look at the, the way he's winning games. I mean, he's been totally dominant in the playoffs. And it mm-hmm. you just hope voters see that. But I agree with you. I think there's this sort of misperception of the conference and, and like you said, how good it is. Yeah. Well, I think, like, going to the numbers thing, like, especially his case, like, he's not going to have, like, the gaudy numbers that are, like, going to pop out to a voter. If you actually sit down and like watch the games, if you were to watch the games for the players, like, and I obviously know that the voters are from all over the country, so it's hard to do. But like, I think that that would change enough things because like, yeah, he's not going to have gaudy numbers, or like maybe a person from the Missouri Valley might not have the same numbers as another conference. But it's about the way maybe that they manage the game or the way that they play for their team. You know, that might change things or change somebody's vote if they were actually able to see things. Heading into your senior season at USD. You interned at the Great Plains Zoo. So how did that come about? Because I found that fascinating last year. Yeah. Um, well, it actually came about on spring break. I was with like my family and a couple friends. And I was kind of like talking to them about, I don't know if you've ever been to Vermilion, South Dakota or anyone that's listening, but there's not a whole lot to do there in the summer. So I was like looking for a job and something to do. So 
know, um, like I was kind of talking to my sister and she's like, and we had just talked about how there was mongooses or something in Jamaica where we were. And I was like, oh, that'd be so cool to see one. She's like, you should do something with animals. Like, I was like, oh, there is a zoo. So basically, long story short, I ended up applying and getting the job. And it was super cool. Like, honestly, a once in a lifetime experience. Like, I was on a daily basis, I was working with the tigers, the leopards, wolves, foxes, reptiles, pretty much everything. And um, it was honestly amazing. I got to meet some good people. I actually still keep in touch with a zookeeper that I worked with a lot. And she's awesome. And sometimes I go back and like visit her and get to see some of the animals that I worked with. And it was honestly just such a cool experience. I'm really, really glad I did it. That's super cool. What was that dynamic like? You're going probably from doing football conditioning or drills and stuff, you know, summer workouts to going to the tiger cage and you're doing it all on the same day. Yeah. Crazy. I was gassed because. We would have workouts like at 6 a.m. or whatever, and then I would drive to Sioux Falls, which is like an hour away, work at the zoo till like 30 or 4, I can't remember, and then I would drive back to Vermilion another hour and then do captain's practice. So I was like, yes, but the minute you walk into the zoo and you're like in the cage, you're like tiger hold four huge tigers like you really can't be gassed because you got to be on your toes and you got to know what's going on. Like, so it was like, it was really like a unique experience because I mean, how many people get to walk, you know, I'm standing face to face with these tigers and right next to them and, you know, cleaning their cages and holdings and stuff. And honestly, it was just like something I've never done before and a super cool experience. Did it help you in some regards on the football field as far as opposing defenses? And if you're in a situation where maybe a sack is coming or somebody's in your face and you're about to get drilled, I mean, I would imagine because you're staring a tiger face to face I don't want to say in a life or death situation, but I mean, in a way, yeah. yes. Um, so it maybe gives yeah. you a different perspective on taking a hit as a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you, I'd, I'd rather take on any hit than take on a tiger any day. So um, that probably is something. But I guess like the big thing was like working at a zoo like is super hard work. You're always on your feet all day, like cleaning or whatever. And like I enjoyed the weed whacking. So I would like weed whack all the time. So I was always on my feet, like doing stuff. And uh, so, like, I think it actually made me, like, in really good shape this season because I would go from conditioning to then working at the zoo on my feet all day, like, you know, log- picking up branches and, like, moving stuff and whatever. And then I go back to, you know, the captain's practice after that. So it was like I was doing physical activity literally all day. So I think going into that season, I was in, like, some of the best shape of my life just because I would be entire some. So, like, on an actual note, I think it actually did help my senior season. You seem like yeah. a very adventurous guy who has some unique interests. And so where does where does that curiosity come from? Um, I don't know. That's a really good question. I've never been asked something like that. But I just love, like, ex- doing new things. Like, I, I love trying new food. I love going to new places. Like, one of my favorite things about being in the CFL this season was, like, getting to explore the different cities. You get to go to, you know, all the major cities in Canada. And, like, a lot of times you get to spend the night there. And, like, you don't really have team activities, so you can go out to eat and stuff. And I just really love doing things like that, trying new things, new experiences. And so that was that was really, really fun getting to get to see an entirely new country and things like that. And um, so, yeah, I don't necessarily know where it comes from, but that's kind of always something I've, I've liked doing new things and traveling around. And yeah. What, what are some of the, the favorite things that you've done that have kind of been different or off the grain? 
Oh man, well the zoo is probably the zoo is definitely number one. Like that's kind of my go-to. Um, I also have a pet snake, so that's kind of something that's a little bit different about me. Really, and it was kind of like a spur of the moment thing too. Like I always wanted one as a kid. I had a couple salamanders yeah. when I was a kid, but I got rid of those. And then, but like one day I was kind of like driving my car, and there was like a snake in the street. And so I like picked it up and like moved it out of the street or whatever. And I and I remembered I like always wanted a snake as a pet, and my mom would never let me. And I was in college. I was like, I told my sister, I'm like, all right, we're about to go get a snake today. <laughs> so, so we just like traveled around to all these pet stores and like looked at all these different snakes. And like I finally settled on like just a basic ball python. But um, like that's probably another spur of the moment thing or like adventurous thing where I was like, ah, I'm gonna get a snake today. Like whatever. Um, I don't know. So it's just random things like that. Sometimes I. I don't know. I just like doing that. Wow. So how big is your python? Uh, He's probably like three and a half feet. He's not super big, but he's pretty thick. Those things get pretty thick. Did he go with you then when you when you were in Winnipeg all this time? Or was he back at home? No, I, yeah, I, I, I left him with a friend. I didn't bring him to Winnipeg because I don't necessarily know like the, the oh, laws yeah. on yeah. bringing a snake. <laughs> yeah, the border. So, you uh, don't want to get arrested. Yeah, so I was like, the last thing I want to do is like have to go up there for camp and like leave my snake at the border like i don't know what that would be like so i just left him with a friend I'm, I'm gonna pick him up here soon so i can have him for, for the off season that's cool whenever you know post football eventually comes for you what what are some things you can see yourself doing well, you know i think well i have a master's in sport management my undergrad is in kinesiology so like something along the lines with that and i actually have a i have another internship i'm doing this off season with um with samford in uh, sioux falls um, and they have like a big field house there. So I'm going to be doing some stuff like training and in their athletic uh, science department. And then I'm also going to be working with them along the lines of like, they have a big basketball arena, maybe doing some like marketing, like sport management type stuff. So, you know, something along the lines of that. Um, I'd love to, I'd love to stay around sports and athletes and stuff. Yeah, I've thought about coaching. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoy the, uh, the mental game of football and something, the preparation. So I think I could see myself doing something like that, but um, I'm kind of excited for this internship experience doing a lot of different things and kind of seeing what I like and don't like and where I fit. So um, I think maybe if you ask me in a year, I might have a better uh, a better answer to that question. Yeah, good for you. That's great that you're doing that. This is obviously we're taping yeah. this uh, basically a week out from Christmas. So what are uh, what are a few of your best Christmas memories with your family? I mean, I don't know. We don't, we don't necessarily do much like – the one thing that we have done the past couple of years that my mom really enjoys doing is uh, we go to like one of the local homeless shelters and like like bring food and like feed them and like clean up chairs and stuff like that. Like so, we we like to go do that and volunteer. That's something that she kind of got my sister and I into, and we and we like doing that. But you know, other than that, it's just getting to, getting to spend time with family and friends. I mean, you know, all my friends from high school and stuff are, are home at this time and get to see a lot of old college friends and stuff and. That's something with, you know, everyone's so busy nowadays, you don't necessarily get to do. And um, you know, it's kind of my favorite thing is just getting to connect with those people and uh, and spend some time with them. Are you a guy that believes in New Year's resolutions? Um. Okay, so I did believe in New Year's resolutions. Like, I would do them. I would make them. But I'm actually reading this book. It's called, like, The 12-Week Year. And, like, the whole premise of the book is, like, why would you wait till the end of the year to do what you could – if you just restructure your goals for, like, 12 weeks instead of, like, cramming everything in at the end of the year so i'm trying to like take this new approach of like get things done sooner and be more proactive about my goals so um it's funny that you asked that question because i'm kind of trying to like shift my focus on like how i get things done and like my goals so 
I don't know if I'm going to set a New Year's resolution this year, but I think I'm just going to be like more proactive about getting things done that I want to get done. If that makes sense. Yeah. What? Uh, so who? What? Who writes that book? That's that sounds really interesting. I honestly don't know who it's written by. I just have the audio book on my phone. It's actually written to me by uh, one of our teammates, and I think like I, I was kind of talking to this about this with one of my teammates as well. Is like if somebody recommends something to you, like I always kind of take it to heart because that person. It's kind of like putting their stamp on it. Like they actually believe in that, you know, like they're not going to take time out of their day to recommend something that they don't actually believe in or think that you're going to love. So like if somebody recommends something to me, I just like, no question. I'll be like, I think I'm going to, I'll read it or like, I'll look into it because you recommended it. So why not? So I don't know who it's by, but I'm enjoying it and uh, I'm happy you recommended it. Yeah. I'm going to have to look it up. You uh, yeah. you said that you enjoy the, the mental aspect of, of sports and football. And so what what are a couple of things that have really helped you develop your mental game? Yeah, well, I think that that, that really started at South Dakota. Um, I kind of mentioned Coach Slofky earlier, but he was kind of the biggest one that helped me develop my mental aspect of football. Um, you know, tra- training, like I've always been motivated to train hard and work out, and that's never been an issue, but... Like when I got to South Dakota, like my whole thinking about how offenses played and how defenses affected offenses changed. And I really spent like pretty much two years in Coach Slocky's hip pocket, just picking his brain and learning from him. And I wouldn't be in the Canadian Football League right now if it wasn't for all the learning I got to do with him. And I feel like every time I do an interview, I talk about him, but I have no problem doing it because he's he's such a smart person and, and put an effort into helping me. And um, you know, I, I think that that was really where it took off is just, you know, hours and hours in the film room. Like when I got to South Dakota, I was in my master's program. So all my classes were online. So I would literally just spend like hours and hours every day just watching film because I never had to go to class. So I'll just go to the dome and like stretch and roll out, work out, then watch film, go home, watch more film, go to practice, watch more film. Like that was really my biggest thing. And it really helped kind of still that in me because seeing his knowledge helped like push me and motivate me to be like, well, he knows so much. I want to be on the same page as him in terms of what he's thinking. You know, by my senior season, I think we were really on the same page in terms of what we were thinking and um, going into games and stuff like that. What would be your advice to those Valley football seniors who are now beginning the process of of training for the NFL draft and looking for an agent? I think the biggest thing is just like, do everything you can so you don't have regrets. Like, and I know that that is pretty cliche, but like that's kind of just how I looked at everything for me was like, okay, I can't necessarily control like if I go to the NFL or because I'm coming out, that's your goal. Um, but like I felt like I trained as hard as I could. I felt like the pro day went as well as it could have for me, and it just didn't work out for the NFL. And, and I got this great opportunity with the CFL, and I couldn't be happier about that. But my biggest piece of advice, like I said, is just – you know work as hard as you can and that way when you look back no matter how it turns out for you you just have no regrets does it feel now like football is more of a business because you're playing at the professional level does it does there seem like a a huge difference between the college game and the pro game in in that regard it it, uh it is is it is a bit different um you know you definitely feel the business aspect of it because when you when you leave like for the end of the season like there's a bunch of guys that are free agents and it's like well man i don't know if i'm gonna be seeing you you know and, and like i'm kind of seeing stuff on twitter and hearing from guys that are getting resigned and like i get super excited getting to, getting to see these guys that are gonna be coming back and i know i'm gonna be sad the guys that don't get to come back so you do feel a little 
that business sense. I mean, guys getting cut and stuff, that's not something you necessarily need in college. But the one part of football is that it is still fun. And I think that that's the most important thing is you're still playing a game. You still got to have fun with it. And, and I think I hear a lot of guys say, like, when it's not fun for them anymore, that's when it's time to be done with it. And I can tell you I'm still having a lot of fun playing football and, you know, especially being part of the Bombers organization. It's, it's, it really is a great organization with a lot of great people, and that makes it you know, that much easier and that much more fun. Chris, is there anything else that we haven't uh, chatted about that you would want people to know? No, I think we've really actually covered a lot. Like this was this was pretty awesome, and and you asked a lot of great questions about things that I'm not necessarily used to talking about, but I really enjoy. So this was this was awesome. Thank you for doing this. Absolutely, no, this was a lot of fun. Uh, it's great to to get to know you better, and I'm I'm just thrilled for all the success that you're having. And I think those of us that followed you and and covered you. Um, always knew the potential was there. And so it's great to see you getting an opportunity now at the professional level uh, to really showcase all, you know, all your skills and, and your smarts. And just want to wish you continued luck and a, a Merry Christmas to you. Well, thank you. You too. I really appreciate that. So if you like what you heard from Chris Strebler and our MVFC First and Gold podcast, take a moment to share, subscribe, and leave a review. Lineupmedia.fm also is home to many other sports podcasts, shows like Fairways and Greens, The Drop, and You're on the Clock. You can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher. Tune in next week for another episode of Valley Football First and Goal with Kelly Bird the official podcast of the Missouri Valley Football Conference, only on the lineupmedia.fm network. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and anywhere you get your podcasts. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.